Welcome to Work is Calling, where we will learn the experiences and insights of business leaders who see their careers as a calling from God. What is important about seeing your career as a calling? Work is fulfilling whenever we sense success, but let's face it, success can and usually is fleeting. What if instead of targeting success, we seek fulfillment? A sense of calling makes serving God your purpose. That shift can actually lead you to a sense of fulfillment regardless of success. Let's listen to the stories of those who have made the shift and have experienced this. Well, hello. Welcome to Work is Calling. My name is Wayne Kuna, the founder and president of Soul Priority. It's a ministry that coaches women and men how to transform their careers through biblical principles. Well, today's guest is Shannon O'Shea. Shannon is one of my newer young friends. My wife and I have really enjoyed getting to know her. I believe she's on a course to become really a humble and dynamic leader. Uh, Her journey has uh, equipped her to become empathetic, compassionate, and loving. And I hope we all get to know Shannon a little as we listen to her story and learn how she came to view her work as a calling from God. Shannon, welcome to Work is Calling. We're glad you agreed to be with us. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here today, Wayne. It's so good to do this with you. I've been really excited and looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. It's been really looking forward to it like crazy, actually. So it's yes. Fun. Um, you know, uh, uh, we always begin our, our podcast with uh, just a little bit about getting to know you. So why don't you give us a little of your background? Tell us, you know, some family stuff. Uh, let your, just give your listeners a peek at who you are so they can kind of listen to you as someone they know and some, instead of a stranger. Um, yes, no, I grew up with five older siblings and I'm the youngest of six. I had my mom and dad. My dad was in politics, um, which was really cool. He was super busy, (laughs) um, but he always showed up for my games and everything. Games? What did you play? My soccer games. Soccer. Uh, Gotcha. (laughs) That was my favorite. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, and my mom was a stay at home mom, so I saw her all the time. And my five older siblings were really spread out. So my oldest sibling would have been 20 years older than me. Um, my childhood was pretty normal. It was kind of weird, just like having... Wait, normally weird? <laughs> normally weird, exactly. Is there any other way? I don't think so, no. <laughs> yeah, no. So it was just like there was an extra spotlight a little bit at times. So anytime like we had anything going on within our family, it was definitely a little more public, which was weird and interesting for me as a child but you know I kind of just learned to know that as my norm um but when I was 13 I actually lost my sister Erin to cancer and a year and a half later I lost my brother Brian to a drug overdose um Yeah, so that was when my life really changed, and I realized I had a huge need for God. I had always believed in Him, but at this time, I really felt His hand on my life and His calling in my heart um, just to help others who are hurting and to love others well, just that, you know, you never know what someone's going through. And so it was at this time that I started working towards becoming a nurse, and that's kind of what I had tunnel vision for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh-huh. So you mean everything else just like fell by the wayside. There was this one focus <laughs> and it was like lasered in on nursing. Yeah, a little bit. A lot of it, actually. <laughs> it was kind of my coping mechanism, too, um, which definitely grew to become more healthier over time. You know, as a grieving teenager, is definitely interesting. I right away after my brother passed, I guess I just said, I've been through too much. I I don't resonate with my peers, like the normal teenager stuff, just... I wasn't too interested in it. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to graduate high school a year early and just get to being a nurse as soon as possible. <laughs> so definitely. A year early, not to make light of, you know, where this all came from. But boy, a year early. I'm lucky I made it on time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. You were right on time, Wayne. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, okay. So is there a type of nursing that uh, you went after? Well, tell us about that. That's a great question. Um, So I was first inspired when my sister Erin was in the ICU in her last days, and the nurse was really impactful in what was obviously, you know, a really tragic situation for me and my family. And um, so I definitely had an interest in the ICU, but I never really thought too hard on what area I would specialize in. It wasn't until I was in my clinical rotations that I had realized Psych was where my heart was at. Yeah. Yeah. I never wanted to leave after my first clinical. They practically had to drag me off the unit. So I kind of knew at that time that this was really special. Yeah. No, that's really neat. We'll get into a lot of that in the second half of this, I'm sure, um, because that's actually very interesting. Where you landed is just like amazing. I think it's such a perfect fit. It's incredible. But uh, I want to ask you a little bit about... um, do you, uh, you know, you're pretty young, you know, like me, the bucket list has got a hole in it, the bucket, and I've lost a lot of things. But do you have things that you want to do, you know, that one thing that's out there that, oh, yeah, I'm going to kind of do that? Mm, great go question. There? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love to go to Alaska. That's always been my dream. I'm a huge winter person. Nice. <laughs> so I love it. Um But I think also my dream is just to have a family. And if I can have a farm with some chickens who lay eggs for me, (laughs) that would be pretty great. I'm kind of an old soul, you know. I don't like this technology stuff. I'm just ready to get back to a simpler time. (laughs) Nice, nice. Yeah, fresh eggs. That sounds pretty good. Right? Chickens are kind of like, they're all over the place now. You get a lot of communities. Yeah, you can get them anywhere, you know. Yeah. At your local Walmart, you know. <laughs> yeah, interesting. A cage of chickens. Yeah, these are eggs to go. No, beautiful. So, do you have uh, like hobbies or pastime? Favorite pastimes? Another good question. I always struggle to answer this question, especially just because I've been in school yeah. in a very like strenuous school setting sure. for yeah. quite some time now. So I feel my hobbies definitely fell to the wayside. Um, but some that just stuck are, I mean, one of my quotes that I live by is a walk a day keeps the doctor away. Ah, An apple? No, a walk. (laughs) How long a walk? Um, you know, it can be any length, especially in the cold. I think just getting that fresh air first thing in the morning is really beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, and just getting my time with God and my dog, of course. Um, but if I could get a mile, that's like definitely my sweet spot. (laughs) Okay. So dog, tell us about, uh, he or him. Hetty, she's a girl. She's okay. my little baby. She's yeah. an angel. <laughs> nice. She's an Airedale poodle mix. She's a oh, sweetheart. Okay. Crazy. Crazy yeah. as can be. <laughs> Great. Oh, that sounds like fun. We're 
big dog people too. They're the Love best. Them. Yeah, they really are. Oh, so good. Yeah, nothing like having someone come up and wag their tail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see you. I like, know. oh, I'm loved. The day could be terrible, but that dog. Yeah, is right. It's great. That's it good. all washes away when that, I see that sweet face. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's good. So, um, yeah, tell tell us a little bit of the spiritual side of you. you. You did talk about you know how you came to a place where you you, you felt this really need you know to really seek out God because of oh just the things that were going on. Um, do you is there a, a passage of scripture that's really um, really heartfelt? It's like a to die for type of verse or passage, anything like that. Mm, guiding, yes, a guiding passage or something. Yes, so many for sure. Um, but I think one I always go back to is Zechariah thirteen eight. Um, he's talking about how metal and gold goes through the fire and it's refined, and then yeah. um, it's refined again until a third remains, and even that final third that remains after all of that refining in the fire, even that gets purified. Um, I think that's really something I hold close to my heart just because I have seen in my life a lot of pain, you know, Um, and I do feel like God has been refining me in it all. And that's kind of what keeps me going when things get hard. I feel, yeah, I know it's like a unconventional verse, but it definitely kind of pulls me back to reality and that suffering is not meaningful or, I mean, our suffering is not meaningless. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's really, it's, I mean, it shows who, I mean, how many people read Zechariah? I mean, you know, <laughs> there's some there's some good stuff in there, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, is um, there a character in scripture that you really are attracted to? Mm. Saul Paul. Saul Paul. Okay. <laughs> For sure. He once was Saul and now he's Paul. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you identify with that or was that, what's the reason behind that? I mean, I wasn't a murderer before I got <laughs> saved, thankfully. <laughs> Not that I'm any better than Saul, you know, yeah. I definitely did many sinful, sinful things. I'm human after all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just love his story. He, he just, you know, anyone who reads about him and that he killed millions or thousands of Christians um, and was a mass murderer to becoming saves and a follower of Christ leading millions to yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah. Um, surely many thought he was irredeemable. I mean, even um, what's his name who goes to heal him and make him see again? Uh, that would be... Uh, I can't uh, think of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll think of it during the. Th- thing here yeah we'll we'll figure it out we'll figure it out yeah 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 (laughs) yeah but but he comes and he's like really me yeah i'm supposed to heal this man but look at what he's done and jesus says no that's my child i'm calling you to this right um and i just think that's such a beautiful depiction of god's character Mm. and his great love towards us his unconditional and forgiving love towards us yeah no you're right i think you're right on it really does show god's incredible interest in all of us and you know it's not willing that anyone should perish yeah so yeah you know you talked about saul paul is is there a person that uh this is a new question by the way um uh yeah so i'm I'm dropping on you yeah (laughs) dropping it on you is there someone like a mentor that you've learned something important from you know you know some life lesson is, is is there someone 
And what, if you don't mind, what would, was it that you learned from them? Mm. This question makes me a little emotional. <laughs> um, I think definitely my brother, Brian, and my sister, Erin, I mean, I know that's cliche, given that they've passed away. Um, but they were just, they really were go-getters. They, they fought the good fight and they struggled a lot and they went through a lot of hardship and they never gave up trying to chase a beautiful life that was meaningful and gave back to those around them. Um, no matter what they were going through, they still remained, um, humorous (laughs) And bright and bubbly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really encouraging. And it showed me that, you know, whatever is happening in your life, giving up doesn't have to be the option you choose. Mm. Yeah. I wish this was a video podcast right now because <laughs> your face told more than what your words did. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much there for sure. Well, let me try and <laughs> lighten it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> What do you have uh, favorite music genres? You know, what are some of the the arts that you really enjoy? Do you, uh, do you movies? Do you uh, binge on some kind of s- TV thing? I don't know what's out there. Do yes. You read? Yes. Um, okay, so I love poetry. I love C.S. Lewis. That's what I read. Um, movie wise, I actually am so uncultured. I definitely have very hyper ADHD. So I I didn't watch a ton of movies when I was younger. And so now I'm catching up on every movie that's a classic ever. So I've really been enjoying that with the fam. Um, So anything like from Uncle Buck. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Uncle Buck's crazy. Sorry, my headphones are falling. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. No, that's all good. Um, So Uncle Buck, I love that one. And what are some other? I don't know. There's just so many, but I'm definitely a Christmas buff. So Elf, Home Alone, all the classics that nice. make your heart feel all the feels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to my wife the other day, and she was like, I know I can watch the movie over and over again. I said, it's good. Then you can memorize every line. Yeah. You sit there and say it with them. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, What's Elf better is than that? One. Yeah. I, there's not much except for pizza and <laughs> So, is there something? I mean, you're such a nice person, Shannon. Aww, thanks, is there Lee. something that makes you angry? Mm, selfishness. Mm. Even though I can be selfish too, and I'm mm. imperfect, certainly. Um, it's something I really struggle with. Um, just because I think it's not what we're made for, but I know by nature it's what we are, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a thoughtful answer. I really appreciate that. Yeah. You know, we're going to take a, a break now, and uh, we're going to come back and begin talking about, you know, where your career has landed you and how you've seen God, uh, God's hand in all of that. Work is Calling is a ministry of soul priority that coaches women and men of faith to transform their careers and workplaces with biblical principles and the book Work in the Light that highlights why God created work, shepherd leadership, workplace culture, and the vital importance of a singular God priority. You can find out more about Soul Priority at www.soul-priority.org. That's www.soul-priority.org. Now, 
back to today's podcast. Well, welcome back, everybody. Really excited uh, to hear the rest of the story with Shannon. So uh, we left off talking about you personally, but I want to learn a little bit how you've come to see your work as a calling. So let's just start with uh, what we know that you're a nurse. Tell us a little bit about your job, where you're at, and um, have you seen God actually lead you to that job? Yeah, for sure. Um, Getting here was quite the whirlwind. You would be surprised when I told you how many obstacles presented themselves uh, once graduating nursing school. Um, But I do believe they all led me here. And I think God has a way of simplifying things for us sometimes. We just complicate them, you know. Um, And I take my decisions really seriously, but I felt very led to working where I'm at right now. Timberline Knowles, so I've really been enjoying it. Tell us a little bit about what the work is there. Yeah, um, so we are a psychiatric treatment center, partial hospitalization for women and girls. So we specialize in coexisting disorders, and we also have a faith-based track. Um, So all of those things in conjunction are pretty hard to find in a treatment center. Um, A lot of treatment centers treat one thing specifically, and it can be hard because um, coexisting disorders typically tend to exist, you know, in the mental health field. Um, so yeah, I work on the adolescent lodge, (laughs) which is crazy and such a whirlwind, but it's been a lot, but good. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I see you as like perfect because you have a lot of energy, you know, not saying you're crazy, but you know, it's just like, you know, you have a great compassion and love and, you know, and, Oh my goodness, you know, you've, you've experienced a lot of circumstances that have really taught you things that, um, usually you don't find out until you're a little bit older. So, um, did, uh, how did you, I mean, did, you know, the job just appear on, on, on monster.com? I mean, how did, how did <laughs> I mean, were you led there? I mean, you know, how did you kind of see God working through that position? Yeah, that's um, a good question. Once again, I thought for sure I wanted to work at a hospital um, because we are more residential at Timberline Knowles. Um, So when I saw that, I wasn't too thrilled just because, um, you know, as a new nurse, I just graduated graduate school with my master's entry to nursing um, degree. So I didn't have much experience, and I thought being in the hospital would just be good to get the whole experience, Um, and I thought residential would be a little more niche, Um, but it's been interesting. Um, Yeah, I was, I didn't even have my license yet. I had passed the NCLEX, but I hadn't gotten my license back yet posted, and my brother-in-law had started looking online trying to help me find some job openings. And he sent me Timberline Knowles and a bunch others. And I was like telling him my hesitations about working at a non-hospital place. Um, he was like, you should just apply. And so I went there and the interview, I just felt like every painful experience I've ever had was utilized to answer those questions in a really meaningful and insightful way. Um, and, you know, God says again and again, he'll bring beauty from our ashes. And I felt like he was giving me a glimpse of that 
in the interview process. So when, um, you know, we talk about uh, God's calling in your work, you know, like not just being a priest or a pastor or a missionary, but, you know, being a nurse, being a doctor, being an attorney, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, is that something that kind of slowly developed in you or did you see it right away? Or was there a person who said, you know, this is your job is more than earning money? How did that happen to you? How did you come to an awareness to view work as a calling? Mm. Um, I think pretty early on, but at the same, and I think I kind of in a way learned that when I learned that my calling was to be a nurse, because that's kind of what kept me going, that there was something meaningful that was going to come that I had to work towards. I just had to get there to see it on the other side. And so I actually, I was always nursing. And then in undergrad, I switched to business because I just had so much going on in my life. I didn't have like the time and dedication it takes to become a nurse in the way I wanted to because I'm a give 110% kind of person or give not at all. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, so um, I switched to business, and I wasn't too thrilled about it, um, but I also didn't want to graduate late and kind of lose that year early. I was talking about of high school that I graduated. Sure. So business seemed to be the most general option, considering I had always wanted to do nursing and had no idea, you know, what else I would do. So by the time I graduated, it was in 2020 in May. <laughs> in the middle of COVID. And I think when I graduated, I was like, oh, shoot, now I actually have to do this. <laughs> it's not like something far off in the future. It's happening. I was like, I think I just kind of had a midlife crisis <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it's a little early, but I'm glad you got it out of the way. I got it out of the way. <laughs> There's always a bright side. <laughs> So I went and I worked business and they just kept telling me, you know, you can't care too much. You know, it's nice that you care, but I was in staffing and sales. And so finally my boss had told me, you know, Shannon, you got to stop helping people. You just, you can't help people. That can't be your goal here. And I was like, that is literally all I want to do. And yeah, I was like. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just, there's no amount of money that could ever motivate me. I I just think life is so much more than money. And at the end of the day, you have to consider what's worthwhile, following your purpose and calling and making less money potentially um, and being fulfilled every day and not dreading it and not dreading every second of it waiting for it to end versus going to work every day and like loving it and not knowing where the time has went and time just flies by so much quicker and that's how you know I think you're on the right path yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. good so you know how long have you been at the, your job right now uh, almost three months. Okay. Yeah, now, that's, not, that's not, not a real long time, so it's not no. a big sample size. Sure. But uh, I'm, I'm sure already you've seen what it looks like to engage your job because you're a follower of Jesus and you feel you're called to this. So what does that look like? You know, I don't know if general, probably not specific terms because of the sensitivity of what you do. But yeah, what does it look like? You pray with people, you tell them about Jesus or, you know, just listen. What is it? Yeah. 
Um, I think it really is case by case for sure. I've definitely had a couple of really cool experiences with coworkers that has been really encouraging because I don't always have, I'm not always surrounded by people who share in the same faith. Um, and I really do feel that the Lord has called me to this and I want to make a wave. Right. Um, so to have some coworkers who share in that is so cool and something I definitely feel very fortunate for. I had one BHA, which is a behavioral health associate. She told me sometimes I just walk these halls at night and pray for these girls. Wow. Wow. And I was touched. I was just like, yeah, prayer. That's seriously, that's it. I think, um, And I think there's just been different times. I mean, sometimes people really are closed off and they don't want to hear about it. And that's kind of hard because nothing else will be working for them either. And they still, you know, they're also not open to it. Um, But, you know, even in those situations, I've seen transformations take place. and, And I'm just behind the scenes praying and begging God to show me what he wants because I truly on my own, I'm helpless. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's only by God's direction. Do I say anything meaningful to anyone or do anything helpful? You know, um, most of the time I just feel so lost and God may speak through me or lead me, but I give all the credit to him. I've seen, I've seen just demeanors fully flip upside down. I've talked about Saul Paul. I'll always call him that, yeah. you know. <laughs> no, I, I've told Sounds his Sounds like story. a basketball player. Isn't that guy play for the Suns or something? Saul Paul, woo woo, go Suns! <laughs> I'm rooting for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when the when the door is open and the time allows, there's been some so, like, just the most beautiful encounters for sure. Do you have a one that you could share generally? Yeah, um, we had this one kiddo come on in and there were, um, you know, she was complaining her presenting symptoms were psychotic features with hallucinations and delusions and she was having command hallucinations to hurt herself and others. She's been in and out of patient in and out of hospitals for, you know, almost the past year. And um, so when she came back, because we'll transfer people out to inpatient and then they'll come back, and that's pretty common in this field, you know. Um, And so we had sent her out, and she had come back earlier that week. And during the week, we had kind of built some rapport. I learned that we share in the same faith. Um as far as I could tell. And she had an altercation with another resident and there were some other things happening with her symptoms that required a higher level of care. So although that didn't happen on my shift, I was the one who was responsible for sending her out, which is just sending her to inpatient. Um, And she had been doing really well the past couple of days. And so it was really hard for me, you know, um, so I had called her dad and talked to him and just, you know, updated him and mom as well. And he told me the whole story, how it was rooted in some peer conflict and really hard things. And um, 
that eight before eight months ago she had been totally okay. Um, and then suddenly all these things started popping up rooted in troubles with kids at school. And, um, so that kind of gave me the background and I think she just needs a lot of strong encouragement, but also done in love to kind of set those boundaries because I think not all of the symptoms were realistic. I think some of them, you know, based on the clinical assessment were, a little bit blown out of proportion, maybe for attention or different reasons, you know, which is common in psych. Um, and so that kind of gave me an idea how to like have this conversation with her and what to say and do. But I mean, after talking to her father, I asked him, you know, he had talked, we had talked about our faith a little bit and they were really struggling sending her back inpatient. Um, so before I got off the phone, I asked him if I could pray with his daughter, you know, before I tell her and before she leaves, um, our facility. And he said, yes, that would be amazing. You know? Um, so I pulled her aside in the room (laughs) and she was very timid when I pulled her aside. She definitely suspected what was about to happen, but I was just trying to disarm her (laughs) because, you know, she has a history of running away when she hears this news and bad things happen. So I want to keep her safe as possible. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, okay, how am I going to tell this girl this when she's been perfectly wonderful on all of my chefs and been doing really well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels um, very disgenuine for both of us because it doesn't really make sense. I'm just a vessel of this message, you know? And so I said, she's like, what, what is it? You know, we bring the other kids over to another room. Like we do when we tell kids this kind of stuff. And, um, (laughs) we go into the room and the VHA with her, you know, comes in and she's like, what? And I said, I just, I just wanted to check in with you. How are you doing? What's going on? You know? And she goes, I'm doing okay. I'm a little stressed out right now. (laughs) And I just, I looked at her and I tried to be as disarming as possible. And I said, I asked her if I could pray with her and she, we prayed. And then I told her and, you know, she went willingly. She didn't fight and she just asked for protection over her and her family, and it was very moving. I was really grateful because when she came back, it could have been really bad if we hadn't had that bonding experience before she went, but she came back, and we were both really happy to see each other, and she's been doing really well. That's great. It's a, that's yeah. a great story. I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing you want to see happen often or all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a lot of uh, emotional capital that's spent in caring for people and loving them and getting engaged in their life. Mm-hmm. How do you keep yourself fueled? What, what, you know, how do you charge the batteries again? Is there, are there practices that you do? Is there something that you think about? Or, you know, what, what is it that you do or think? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Really, though, I i mean, I notice such a difference in my day when I just get in the word, even if it's just for a minute before working um, and just talk to him and pray and be honest with him of where I'm at. Um, some days I don't want to go. Some days it feels like too much. 
and it's and it's a lot to be carrying, right? Um, but I do know that I'm here for a reason, and so just leaning on him for guidance, and I just you know when I can get out for a brief walk in the morning, like those two things are really helpful for me. I'm up at like four in the morning or three forty five, so um, I don't have a ton of time, but. Those are my two main things and just coming home and being able to be with family and friends and really enjoy that time is really, really encouraging for me. Now, I'll just ask you, it's only been a few months, but do you feel like um, calling is like a like a spiritual muscle that the more it gets exercised, the stronger it gets? Hmm. Or is it just, oh, you God always puts you in a place where, like, sculpt. What do I do now? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think there's something to that. Like, I think the more we jump in to the deep end and we don't know what's going to happen, um, the more he's able to show us that he will always provide, that we will always have enough with him. Yeah, good, good, yeah. You know, um, there's people out there that'll say, hey, well, that's nice for you, you know, and I'm religious or I believe in Jesus, but, you know, work is work and my faith is my faith and Mm -hmm. never the twain shall meet type of thing. They may think that. Uh, What would you tell them to encourage them that, that actually there's a benefit or are there benefits to seeing your work as a calling? Is is there something that makes it different? Is there something that makes it, uh, you know, what what makes that more valuable to you? I think there is so many ways I could answer this question. It's probably my favorite one so far. Um, like for one, I don't, I don't feel I wear a mask at work, and I'm a different person there than I am in my personal life. And that's really valuable to me. Um, especially cause I'm not very good at wearing a mask in one place and being another version somewhere else. I do better just being genuine all around. Um, but you know, there are times in this world where you have to protect yourself and put your guard up a little bit too, you know? So, um, yeah, that's definitely one thing. Another is I don't, I feel less tempted to try and fulfill this desire in my heart with other things. I think that was something that really scared me when I was working business. And and not that there's anything wrong with business, you know. I think we need people in business who are called to business. And they can be really impactful. I just knew it wasn't my calling. And so I knew for me it would never feel like it was, you know. Um... But I just, I really do think that when your work is your calling and you know you're supposed to be there, you don't want for all those, you know, inadequate things to fill the void. And I was just um, thinking the other day how we're either going to God and asking him to fill the God-shaped hole in our heart or we're trying to waste time filling it with things that are never going to add up to enough. Yeah. And I think like a, a tangible example for me is, you know, since business wasn't actually what I was called to, when I was there, I was really like tempted um, to just, like all I would think about was trying to find somebody 
to have a family with and like that I would marry. And I started really leaning heavy, heavily into that desire so that I wouldn't have to work because mm. that was like what my mind kind of conjured up as the escape. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I'm not really that person, you know, of course having someone would be nice. I want a family one day, but if it's God's will and if it's not, that's okay too. Um, but I think that's what kind of alerted me to the fact that I don't want to make any decisions hastily, not a desperation. And I think this is the first of many that will come up in my head and heart if I'm not honest and true to myself and the person that God has called me to be, hmm. which in that case was to be a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have that desire. I mean, of course, you know, like I said, I do want a family one day. Sure. That yeah, would yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Um, but if it's God's will, and I just feel like every moment I'm more and more right where I'm supposed to be, in that there's no rush to get past this part of my life because I'm able to enjoy it fully because it's where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So you said that uh, this particular um, facilities or um, residential uh, healthcare place um, has a faith track. So there's obviously other people of faith or close, you know, similar faith or something like that that you work with. Do you find camaraderie with them? Do you, um, I would like to guys into praying or encouraging each other or is there, when you, when you step out of the faith track, is there, you know, um, pushback from people or, you know, is there anything like that? Um, yeah, there's definitely some pushback at times for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, there is moments where I prayed with coworkers. Like just the other day, somebody was having a hard day and um, I just prayed over them and with them. And from what she expressed, I think it was just what she needed in that moment because we're humans too at the end of the day. Sure. And yeah. We have to give a lot of ourselves to this job, but it's hard when, you know, it's taking too much and not leaving enough to take care of our care of ourselves as well you know so i think moments like that are really encouraging i definitely wish i had more of them it's something i think about trying to incorporate more i think we all could use that yeah no i think that you'll find more as you continue on in your career yeah I hope yeah so. um yeah i know i know you will um you know, uh, at church, we often will uh, sing and we call that worship. Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you think of your calling or your nursing now as, do you see that as worship or do you think that's a different thing? Oh, I love that comparison and I love viewing it that way. And I think, I think it is worship, especially, you know, I have days where I'm just tired and I'm spent and I feel I have nothing left to give. Um, but when I'm remembering, even in those moments, to be thankful and to praise God for where I'm at now because it's better than where I have been because he's provided for things I've been praying for for a very long time. I mean, there's so many reasons I could pray, but I'm a human and I get so bitter sometimes like and I want to complain and I don't want to be thankful to God um but I think what I'm really really seeing time and time again is the importance of thanking God every step of the way and 
and just more so being honest with him, even if I don't feel that way. And I think it's still praise Mm -hmm. because the fact that I'm with him in my suffering, that is the miracle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not alone. Yeah. After I uh, left business and I went into pastoral ministry and service, I realized very quickly I was nothing more than a sheep in shepherd's clothing. Mm. You know, I mean, I just, yeah, I would hear things and I'm like, I'm dealing with that. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) You know, and it was, it's so humbling, you know, to realize, and you you know, you sit there and, and then it's in those moments that's that, you know, in your weakness, he's strong thing, you know, where all of a sudden in comes this truth (laughs) that you're like, where did that come from? You know, and it's like, that couldn't have been me. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. You know, Shannon, at, at the end, we've kind of come to the end of the, the interview here, and it's so, it's so enjoyable. I loved it. Uh, mm, we always likewise. give, oh, great. We always give our guests a, an opportunity to um, maybe just let everyone know something that's an insight or a valuable lesson that they learned or some advice or wisdom. Uh, you know, it could be on topic, it could be off topic, but uh, if you have something like that, you know, take a couple minutes and tell us. Mm. I I would just say this, two things. Um, when your mind wants to encourage you and despair you through the lens of comparison, I want you to know that you're right where God intended for you to be mm. at this moment and that he will use it. And even if it's not where you're supposed to be overall, this is a part of that story to getting there. Mm. And God promises us that. Mm. And if you don't understand today, you will one day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for being with us, Shannon. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's so good. We'll have to do, uh, Part two, yeah, you know, about that. a year and a half from now, would be <laughs> yeah, great. right, yeah, yeah it changes. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you so much for taking, investing your time, and listening to um, Work is Calling. And remember, until we get together again, work is calling. <laughs> This has been another episode of Work is Calling, a ministry of soul priority that coaches women and men of faith how to transform their careers and workplace through biblical principles. You can find out more at www.soul-priority.org. We hope you join us again next time for another interview of an individual who has discovered Work is Calling.